It's all quiet in the underground bunker. Doors closed, locks bolted. But the great one isn't just resting on his laurels. He's making sure your weekend is even better by giving you his best. This is the best of Mark Levin. You know, as we get further and further away from this election, my contempt for the Republican establishment and their media, their media surrogates, just grows and grows and grows. The way they lie to we the people, the way they hate the conservative base. It's on display all day. Everywhere. Everywhere. I see the GOP establishment and their media surrogates are in full propaganda mode. Tell me, America, what exactly was the agenda that Mitch McConnell promoted this election cycle for Republicans to run on? Do you remember how critical I was of him because he had no agenda? There was none. What legislation did McConnell say a Republican majority Senate would pass to address public needs and concerns during the course of this election? He offered nothing. What was the coordinated messaging from McConnell? There wasn't any. He kept collecting Hundreds of millions of dollars from big donors and special interests in and around Washington, D.C. for his Senate Leadership Fund. He has a separate fund run by a hack by the name of Stephen Law. And he spent millions trashing the conservative Republican in Alaska, who was endorsed by the Alaska Republican Party. That's not been discussed all day long, as best as I can tell. He denied one penny, not even a penny, for Blake Masters in Arizona, who's taking on an incumbent Democrat senator. It's hard enough to beat an incumbent Democrat senator. But when the Republican leader in the Senate, with his hundreds of millions of dollars, denies our candidate even one penny, he's sabotaging him. In New Hampshire, a retired general taking on Another left-wing Democrat incumbent senator. Vulnerable. And at the most crucial time where that candidate needs money to get on air and to go after her, he pulls the $5.9 million. The $5.9 million that was to be targeted for that state. But he spent $9 million in Alaska going after the conservative on behalf of Lisa Murkowski. Meanwhile, his darling candidate that was going to prove to the whole country that the Republican establishment, the rhinos, know how to win races. O'Day in Colorado was slaughtered by Michael Bennett, the most monotonous candidate running next to Fetterman. Crushed. Crushed. Now, we have three seats that are still out. Arizona, Nevada, and Georgia. Three seats still out. Adam Laxalt, Blake Masters, Herschel Walker. 
Now, McConnell came in later and endorsed Walker after trashing him in the Republican primary, but then said, okay, we can endorse him. They came in later and they endorsed Adam Laxalt. Okay, I guess we can endorse him. Not a penny for masters. Now, who's to say if there was an O'Day-type candidate, a rhino, running in Nevada, that it'd even be close against an incumbent Democrat? It wouldn't be. Who's to say that if somebody other than Blake Masters was nominated in Arizona, and I back somebody else, who's to say the attorney general there would be as close as Masters was? We have no idea. Who's to say if anybody else was nominated other than Herschel Walker in Georgia that we'd still be in that fight? We have no idea. So why is this constant effort to say, well, you got to pick the best candidates? Who's to say these weren't the best candidates? Don't embrace the assumptions that the Republican establishment is spewing out there. They don't want to take any responsibility for their failures. None. This is how Mitch McConnell hangs on. Here's the Wall Street Journal. He has the New York Post. He's got uh, Carl Rove, his partner, who's involved in a lot of this. They're all out there spewing this stuff. He's got CNN, MSNBC. They all sound the same, don't they? All spewing this stuff. They have no evidence to show us anything of the kind, any more than they had evidence when they kept talking about a red wave. You and I weren't talking about a red wave. We didn't create that impression or that environment. They did. Relying on what? Washington consultants. Washington, uh, relying on pollsters. The pollsters. The consultants. There's going to be a red wave. Who says? They all have egg on their faces. They accept no responsibility. The Republican establishment sounds like Joe Biden. Meanwhile, from Breitbart, Nero Monroe, Republican gained bigger share of Latino and black voters. You think that was due to Mitch McConnell or Chris Christie or Larry Hogan? The populist GOP share of the Latino vote jumped by a third, almost 40% compared to 2018, according to exit polls. The GOP share of the black vote also jumped sharply from 2018, but from a very low level of 9 to 13%. Wow. What else happened? The Jewish vote jumped for the Republicans. 40, 41% of the Jewish vote went for Republicans. 45% of the Jewish vote went for DeSantis, which is how he won, among other things, Palm Beach and Miami-Dade. So Republicans picked up a bigger percentage of the vote among Jews and blacks and Hispanics. Well, who did that? The conservatives did that. The establishment doesn't know how to do this. Trump did it. 
DeSantis did it. The conservatives did it. Kemp did it. Abbott did it. Not the pollsters and not the... I mean, George Bush under Rove could have prayed for these kinds of numbers, which he would never get. And in how many of these close races did George Bush campaign for our candidates? Not one. How many of these close races did Mitt Romney campaign for our candidates? Not one. Not even for Mike Lee. Wouldn't even endorse him. We're being sabotaged by the establishment. And then they blame us. Oh, these extremist candidates. These election denier candidates, election denier candidates, I thought they were talking about Biden, maybe Obama's running again, and Hillary Clinton running again. Enough of this crap. They pulled the same stunt with Reagan. Reagan's too extreme. Reagan can't win. And yet Reagan won two massive landslides. They'll pull the same. You think they're going to embrace DeSantis, the Republican establishment? How so? Have you seen it? Has Mitch McConnell praised and celebrated Ron DeSantis today? No, they haven't. But it's all Donald Trump's fault. All of it. Now, does that sound honest to you? Now, you may not want Trump to run. Got it? You may not want him to announce right now. Understand? That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, let's analyze this. All day long. Did not Donald Trump have a rally for Marco Rubio in Palm Beach, Florida the day before the election, Mr. Producer? Did Rubio win or lose, America? And by how much? Rubio won by a record-setting 15% over Val Demings, who was a Democrat star. It doesn't sound like Trump hurt Rubio. And these candidates he endorsed, Masters and some of the others, they're within a whisker of defeating incumbent Democrat senators. Why is it assumed that they would have easily won that race with establishment Republican rhinos? Why is that assumed? They're incumbent Democrat senators because they couldn't be defeated by Mitch McConnell, Karl Rove, establishment Republican candidates in the first place. I'm just trying to get some honesty on the table here, ladies and gentlemen. How do you explain New York? where we flip two seats and are likely to flip two more in the House. Where Zeldin, a Trump supporter, almost won for the first time in 20 years. To listen to the phony media and to listen to the Republican establishment, you would think everybody voting had Trump in their brain. Just because the establishment does, just because the media do, just because they're obsessed and psychotic doesn't mean the voters are.
There was no evidence of a red wave to begin with. I kept explaining, forget about it, just vote. The GOP establishment takes responsibility for nothing, except if it's favorable. Same thing happened in 2010. I think we won 62 or 63 House seats. They thought they would win more Senate seats. And Mitch McConnell attacked the Tea Party. John Boehner governed against the Tea Party. The Democrats don't do that to their base. They don't do that to their base. They're going to treat DeSantis very similarly. They will trash him too. And it's very clear, whether it's Bush or Hogan or Christie or Romney or you know the list, they didn't lift a finger for conservative candidates, not a finger. Now, once again, there were 34 seats up this round, 20 were Republican, 14 were Democrat. The Democrats have so far lost one seat, the Republicans so far have lost one seat. Now, there's a battle over three incumbent Democrat seats. In all three cases, it's very close. In all three cases, they are Trump-supported candidates that might defeat one, two, or three, or none. But they're in the battle. It's not easy to defeat an incumbent Democrat senator. It almost never happens. It's very rare. These House seats where we should have picked up more House seats? You telling me people were voting not because of inflation, Trump, Trump, Trump. Six million more Republicans voted this time than last time. Than the last midterm. Six million more. If we allow the Republican establishment and their friends in the Democrat corrupt media to spin this endlessly, we're never going to be able to fix it. Mark Levin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Making your weekend even better. This is the best of Mark Levin. You know, a bit earlier I was watching Brett Baer question a couple of senators, including Rob Portman of Ohio. And Portman's asked, 
you know, about the election, of course, he dumps on Trump. And uh, Brett Baer pushes back a little bit, and he says, okay, but some people are critical of McConnell. You know, he pulled money out of New Hampshire at the end. He didn't put money into Arizona, and then he used millions of dollars to go after the the other Republican candidate in Alaska. And Portman said, uh, no, McConnell did the right thing, exactly the right thing. This is the problem. These Republicans, or many of them, they're like high on something. They're high on McConnell. It's, it really is like a country club. It truly is. They've been there so long, and McConnell has been there so long, they don't even entertain the idea of giving somebody younger, more articulate, more conservative, and more in line with the conservative base, without which there'd be no Republican Party. What would the Republican Party be? A party of Larry Hogan's and Chris Christie's? Well, what the hell would that look like? All they would do is manage the, the unraveling and deterioration of the nation under the Democrats. That's all. They want to get along with the Democrats. They don't want to raise principles and fight on principles. Hogan got elected in a Democrat state by moving towards the left, and he wanted to manage that way. Chris Christie got elected in a Democrat state. He moved toward the left, and he wanted to manage that way. Ron DeSantis got elected in a purple state, and he didn't want to manage that way. He wanted to change the state, and he did, just like Reagan got elected in California. He wanted to change the state, and he did. That's the difference between leadership and bureaucracy, being bureaucratic governors. That's the difference. And, but when I hear guys like Portman and everything say, no, Mitch did exactly the right thing. Romney put out a tweet a few days back trying to spin the whole thing. If we win the Senate, it's thanks to Mitch. You know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, of course, if we don't, that's, uh, that's somebody else's fault. They sound like Biden. But there's some kind of, uh, you know, they talk about the Stockholm Syndrome. It is the Washington, D.C. Republican Senate Syndrome. Truthfully. It's crazy. Republicans, Breitbart, Joel Pollack, have won nearly 6 million more votes nationwide in races for the House of Representatives. But have flipped relatively few seats suggesting the talk of a red wave may have anticipated the overall mood of the country, but not the final result of the election. According to Cook Political Report, as of Thursday morning, Republicans have won over 50 million votes, or 52.3% of the vote, compared to 44 million votes, or 46.2% of the vote. Republicans lead by 6.1%, which is better than their average in generic congressional ballot polls. Remember all that polling? Which the Republican Party led by 2.5% in the final real clear politics average before the election. Now think about that. Republicans lead by 6.1% in the nationwide voting for a House. 6.1%. Who gets the credit for that, Mr. Producer? Is it the same guy that gets the discredit for everything? So is that due to Trump or not? I'm just curious about the logic because I think we're listening to simpletons with agendas who project. 
It's not due to Trump. It's not against Trump. Maybe it has nothing to do with Trump. The mismatch between, uh, writes Pollock, the risk mismatch between overall votes cast for Republicans and the actual result reflects the polarized nature of the congressional maps. It also reflects the fact that Republican losses against many Democrat incumbents were very narrow. Now, I spoke to this yesterday. You have well over 20 seats that were decided by well less than 5% of the popular vote. And I gave you two scenarios, one very bleak, one very bright. And I concluded, I'm not sure which it is yet, but we're going to know in two years. Just the way it is. It's just the way it is. We will know in two years. If the culture rot is so deep that we can't win under any circumstances. Or if they called the red wave just one cycle too early. That's what I'm leaning toward, but I'm not going to call it one way or the other. I'm just trying to figure it out, like everybody else. But I wouldn't go on TV and say, that's Trump. Trump's the reason we lost. Or, I got six million more votes. Well, that's Trump. Trump got a six million. What is the problem? If you have a different sort of approach to certain things, that's fine. If you have a different opinion, fine. Maybe I share your opinion. There is no question that Donald Trump is hated by the Democrats and the media and the rhinos. It's a hard burden to overcome. He did it once. And the second time, it's a jump ball in my view. But he certainly did it once. And then they spent the rest of the four years trying to destroy the man. And then I think, well, will these same forces be in play if a, if a Ron DeSantis is nominated? Yes. Trump is controversial as, as a politician because he's provocative. That's his strength, too. That's why so many of you love him. That's why so many of you voted for him. He doesn't take the crap. That said, our enemies, our political enemies, both within the Republican Party and outside the Republican Party, the Democrats and their media, do you think they'd be any different if Donald Trump were a nice guy all the time, speaking beautifully to everybody? No. You read American Marxism, many of you. There's a movement against us right now that wants to devour our institutions, that wants to devour our nuclear family, that wants to devour our national security, that wants to devour our borders, that wants to devour, period. To destroy what is and to replace it with something else. That movement doesn't care if it's Trump or DeSantis or if it's Ted Cruz. They don't care. They're pushing an agenda. And they don't want anybody standing in the way. Period. This is the thing McConnell can't get through his head. And so many of those on radio and TV who talk like they're experts. They're not experts. They don't even smell what's going on. 
particularly the paid consultants who've been around way too long, whose opinions we don't give a crap about. We are facing, we are facing the obliteration of the American system by this administration, by this putative president, by the media and all their supporters. You can listen to them every damn day. They tell you what they want to do. They tell you what they want to do. So to get up on TV or radio and say, you know, that Trump, we would have won. No, it's not true. It was Nixon. It was Reagan. Oh, everybody's so bad. Everybody's in the way. They love Bush because he didn't do a hell of a lot, quite frankly. Neither of them. I'm just being honest. Nice guys. They didn't do a hell of a lot. Can you think of much? Certainly on the domestic front, I can't. I can't. When you have strong Republican leaders, they are by definition said to be controversial. Provocative. Because they go against the narrative that is created by the left and their party. They go against the narrative. So, Joel Pollack points out that in the massive red wave in 2010 with the Tea Party, the Republicans took 63 seats. Their victory over the Democrats nationwide on the House was 6.5%. This time it was 6.1%. And that number kind of underscores what I said yesterday about where, that we were on the precipice. We might be on the precipice of a red wave in two years in Florida being the point of the spear. Or not. But it certainly isn't something to just surrender. You've got to think about it. You've got to think about it. How come so many Democrat House incumbents, well over 20, almost lost their seats by less than 10,000 votes, which means 5,000 votes switching one way or another. And a huge number of them were able to hold their seats by 1,200 votes or 1,800 votes. It was that close. Now, almost is not an answer to anything. I got it. But it is if you're thinking about, okay, how do you adjust? How do you fix? How do you reform? How do you, how do you manage what took place for the next election cycle? Right? Well, we just got to get Trump out of the way. Then we'll be okay. No, we won't. Even if he were to decide tomorrow, I'm not interested in this. That doesn't fix it. That doesn't fix it. Mark Levin. This podcast is sponsored by Monarch Money. Are you saving to reach your financial goals? Reaching those goals isn't just about getting more money, but by managing what you have. And the best way to manage your money? Monarch Money. Monarch Money is a new kind of finance app that's intuitive, powerful, ad-free, and takes the headaches out of budgeting. Try it free when you go to monarchmoney.com slash podcast. 
Monarch puts all your accounts, investments, transactions, and finances at your fingertips. With a complete view of your finances, you'll gain insights on your spending and find new ways to save. Plus, Monarch lets you customize your dashboard, collaborate with your partner, set custom budgets and goals, and track your progress toward them. See why Mint users are turning to Monarch Money and loving it, and why the Wall Street Journal named Monarch Money the best budgeting app overall. Get a 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash podcast. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H money.com slash podcast for your free trial. monarchmoney.com slash podcast. You're listening to the best of Mark Levin. One of the things I'm concerned about, folks, and I have friends in this business again, who are quite timid. The idea that if we take the House, we're not going to conduct a full phalanx of investigations of this administration will so infuriate me, I'm going to turn on the Republican Party. This is what I mean. They better not get cold feet. They better not get cold feet and turn into the Gerald Ford Republican Party. I'm not going to tolerate that. I've spent too much of my life fighting these people. They need to embrace their base. And by embracing their base, they will succeed the way Ron DeSantis has succeeded. Embrace your base. Now, it's unheard of, my buddy Brian Kilmeade says, and he is my buddy, the idea that we would impeach Biden, you know, that's just the wrong way to go. This amazes me. Whether he's impeached or not, it just amazes me. That's immediately taken off the table. But when it comes to Trump, they're talking about impeaching him even before he's elected, even before he's sworn in as president. So we take it off the table. This is what I mean about, from my perspective, the absolutely wrong strategy and mentality. The only way you get Democrats to stop acting like mobsters, is to give them exactly the same treatment. I know it from my own experience, serving in the Department of Justice under Ronald Reagan. If you don't use the rules against them the way they use the rules against us, you can't win. You will always lose. How is it that the January 6th committee is a winner for them? Well, Mark, nobody paid attention. They do pay attention. Trump's impeached twice for nothing. You think they're going to leave a DeSantis alone if he's president? You've got to teach them a lesson. You've got to push back. They're the bully. You let a bully hit you, they'll keep hitting you. What do you do with a bully? You hit him right between the eyes. They're going to leave Nancy Pelosi alone? These people have no self-respect. If it turns out the Republican Party is going to use Marcus of Queensbury rules while the Democrat Party fights as if they're in the UFC round, no. In the cage, I meant. No. Count me out. They should proudly investigate the Manchurian president and the crime family. They should proudly investigate what the Stasi's up to with Meritless Garland and how they're destroying federal law enforcement. They should proudly investigate 
the Department of Homeland Security, which is the Department of Homeland Insecurity, and their failure to secure the border. They should be gathering texts and emails and documents, attorney-client privilege communications, and demonstrate to the Democrat Party that they've created precedents that will now be used by the Republicans. And get smart about how they market these things as the anti-corruption party. I don't want to hear anymore. Whether it's impeachment, whether it's whatever it is, that it's off the table. No, no, don't they know any better than that? They can't do that. I don't want to hear this Chris Christie crap. And that's the truth. Ron DeSantis last night. Cut to Mr. Producer, go. We chose facts over fear. We chose education over indoctrination. We chose law and order over rioting and disorder. Florida was a refuge of sanity when the world went mad. We stood as a citadel of freedom for people across this country and indeed across the world. We faced attacks. We took the hits. We weathered the storms. But we stood our ground. We did not back down. We had the conviction to guide us and we had the courage to lead. We made promises. We made promises to the people of Florida and we have delivered on those promises. And so today, after four years, the people have delivered their verdict. Freedom is here to stay. Now that is a leader. And I want you to hear Nancy Mace, Republican of South Carolina, who is the, uh, the love child of the media in the aggregate. The media love her because she's a flake. She's a flake. She's a Republican from South Carolina. Cut nine, go. And I really hope that, you know, when we get into the next legislative term, we look at what is going to bring our nation together. We are so divided right now. Political violence is real. The divisiveness is real. And I want to see us work together on issues that matter, like inflation, like the supply chain, figuring out how we protect women's rights and the right to life. How do we do that this together? Is, this is why the press loves her. She's a sucker. They love Republicans like this, who won't fight back, who won't push back. Let me tell you something, Nancy Mace. The Democrats created the inflation. The Democrats are trying to destroy this republic. The Republicans are not violent. Right to life is not a federal issue because what you really mean is abortion because the Democrats want abortion on demand. All you have to do is listen to some of their surrogates in the media. This is what they keep demanding. And this apparently is what all the women demand according to them because they would know. It's a state issue now. That's what it is. Go ahead. Run it again. Democrats on a number of issues. I passed 
a lot of bills working together, and my door is open, and I'm willing to work with anyone who's willing to work with us. Wow, aren't you great? Have you heard any Democrats say that? This is another difference between Democrats and Republicans. The Democrats march in line. Every now and then, one of them has to say something like Stanberger to pretend to be a moderate, but they vote 100% behind their leader, Nancy Pelosi. Doesn't matter. Then they lie. Then they have surrogates and our, even our media who say, oh, isn't that Stanberger great? But that's not the case. She's ready to sell out right out of the box. So she'll undermine her fellow Republicans in order to be seen as somebody who reaches across the aisle. We've never had such a radical Democrat party. Never. And yet it's as radical as can be. And she wants to reach across the aisle. Will she reach across the aisle with semi-fascists and mega super matter mega Trumpists? Of course. And that's the problem. You've got a lot of Republicans like that who hate the base. Absolutely hate the Republican base, the conservative base. Now, the Democrats are losing the Hispanic base. This is a good thing. And uh, listen to this discussion. Cut 14, Mr. Producer, with Chuck Todd, Jose Diabarat, who won his race, and, of course, Andrea Mitchell. What a mess. Cut 14, go. I had a Democratic consultant say to me, I'm tired. We got to stop putting Latinos in a box and trying to like treat them as African-Americans, that, that, that there's one issue that will somehow unite, that Latino voters are, are just what Jose said, stop trying to single them out. Instead, whatever you're pitching swing voters, pitch that to Latino voters, that demographics and just like the same thing, how we carve up the white vote. In those different buckets, but, that's how you would, the Latino vote is no different. But don't ignore them. I mean, uh, a recent Naleo poll shows that 44% of Latinos didn't get any outreach or information from either political mm. party. 44%. And, and they've been turning more, truly turning more Republican. But it's also, I've seen voters interviewed who are Latino voters in Texas and other places who are praising the busing of migrants. They're, they're as concerned about the immigration crisis as anyone else is, but often because they feel that the pressure of this kind of immigration is not something that they can live with either. The humanitarian and crisis at the border strikes so deep everyone. and it affects so many people in so many different ways that uh, every single person feels it very differently. There's a lot of there, but for the grace of God, go I. Really? Well, notice they don't mention the person who's responsible for the policies on that border. What's that all about? Not a word. The unconscionable inhumanity that has been unleashed by the Biden administration. Not a word. By Schmuck Todd. By Andrea. I have a name for her, but I will keep it to myself. Andrea Mitchell. Nothing. Mark Levin. The Great One makes your weekend even better. 
This is the best of Mark Levin. You know, early on when I did uh, Levin TV, it was maybe in the second year. I'm in my seventh year. I had two guests once, two congressmen I really liked a lot. One was named Ron DeSantis, and the other one was named Lee Zeldin, and I interviewed the two of them. And they were fantastic. Look at them now. Just terrific. Just terrific. And we have our man Donalds from, uh, from Florida, too. I saw him on some clip where he's at a press event. I said, whoa, that guy is good. And he's out there, too. We, uh, we think the world of him, and he was reelected out of the uh, Naples area, in the, that, that metropolitan area. He's just terrific. Byron. Have you heard? I already did this, didn't I, Mr. Producer? You mean I'm done? Holy mackerel! Let's take another call, shall we? Yes, we shall. Jim, Fargo, North Dakota, the flag, WZFG, go! Yes, uh, you're, you're having your love for Mitch McConnell, like I do. Yeah, no, and you're being I, sarcastic, I and I agree with you. Yes. Yeah. He'd rather rule in hell than serve in heaven. All right, sir. In other words, he'd rather have power than uh, than really be helpful to the country. I I think there's something to that. The guy is power hungry. He will not let go. He should let go. His time is uh, is long behind him, and he's he's also a very nasty guy. Very nasty guy. Thank you for your call, North Dakota. Let's go to our buddy Ivan. Miramar, Florida, the Mark Levin app. Ivan, how are you, sir? I'm doing I'm do, not, not so good, Mark, but uh, I'm, I'm doing better when I talk to you, Mark. Hey, Mark, listen, I, I, yeah. I found a, a gym. I found a gym that I think you, you would love. Uh, James Brown put out a single a long time ago. You'd never heard of it before. It's called America Is My Home. And it's, it's, a, it's a pretty good little song. I think you'd like it. Hey, hey, Mark, I'll check that out. Yeah. yeah. I yeah, thought what, you what, said Jim there for G-Y-M. There's no Jim that I would like. Trust me. No, G-E-M. Yes. <laughs> hey, hey, Mark, yeah, what's frustrating is every two years we have the same discussions about mm-hmm. the cheating, about the stop. Generally, generally, we don't do well when the counting stops. You know, when the counting stops, it usually always I, I don't goes, think goes there's forever. a lot of accusations of cheating right now. We're waiting for Arizona, which is becoming a joke. And uh, one or two of these other states. And they do need to get their act together, but we must not nationalize these elections. But there's simple things to do. Florida can do it. Some of the other states can do it. All the states can do it. But you know what it is? Some of the states don't want to do it. The Democrats don't want to do it. I'd like to, I'd like to, I'd like to see them do two simple things real quick. If, if you decide to vote by mail... It is the voters' responsibility to ensure that their ballots are received on time, just like you pay your bill. Your bill has to be there on time. It seems to me that that would be a convention of states issue, election in- integrity. And the other thing I'd like to see Republican governors do is that is you, you audit automatically the t- top two voting districts, Republican and Democrat, within your state. We need a forensic analysis. All right, Ivan, i got to run, brother. Thank you for your call. Ivan escaped Maryland, Larry Hogan's paradise, and went down to Florida. 